0: I believe tonight uh, God's just given me a really specific word that is, uh, is really key for resurgence but is really key for each one of us. Um, I believe that, this, that, that the words tonight that God has put on my heart can actually change your life and change your outlook on life in a really big way. And uh, we're going to talk about a God who sees me, a God who sees me. And and I just believe this foundation, this principle is essential, that every believer, that every person understands this, knows this, Uh, it can change outlook on everything. And um, we're going to look in Genesis 16, so if you have your Bibles, Version, whatever app you use, uh, pull it out to Genesis 16, and we're going to read, and uh, just believe God wants to give us a revelation tonight of a God who sees me a God who sees. So God, I thank you that you're here. I thank you that you see each one of us. I thank you that you're in this place. I thank you it's not an accident that we're here tonight, and we just rest in you, Daddy. We just rest in you, Father, because you're here. You know everything going on in in our minds. You know everything going on in our hearts. You know everything going on in our bodies. You know us, and you see us. And so we just invite you right now from the left to the right, from the front to the back to just take over. Holy Spirit, would you come and each person that we would have an encounter with you, a revelation of the Father, a revelation of your love tonight. Jesus' name. Amen. If you're at Genesis 16, say, hey, are you there? Hey, there's a couple. We're going to read... now Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. And Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Cain in ten years, Sarai took his wife. Sarai took Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, Mm -hmm. and she conceived. When she knew she was pregnant. She began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I'm suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do what Ever Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. Then the angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was a spring beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. Then the angel said, I will increase your descendants so much that they are too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You will name him Ishmael, the Lord, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey among men. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him, and he will live in hostility towards all his brothers. She gave she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Beer La Roy. It's a new type of beer. No, just kidding. It, it's still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. See, Hagar in this story was running. She felt alone. She felt trapped. She didn't know what to do. And and then God comes and says, I'm the God that heard your cry. I'm the God that heard your misery. I've heard your cries. But then Hagar gives God this name El Roy, which means you are the God who sees me. See, she had a revelation that God saw right where she was. Today, God wants us each to have a revelation of that. See, do you believe that God sees right where you are? I mean really sees you, sees you in the exact state you're in, sees what's going on in your heart. See, we can have it all together on the outside. We can have success. We can have the job. We can have the relationship. We can have power. We can have everything that the world says is success, money, all of it. But on the inside, we can be insecure. We can be alone. We can be fear-ridden. We can be doubting. We can be depressed. We can be disconnected. We can be in sickness. We can be in pain. In suffering and tired, and and no matter what condition we're in today, there's a God who sees you. There's a God who sees you right where you're at. The Father is here. Father God. We, We sang about a good, good Father. This message is about the Father. He's a God who sees. See, we can sing our praises. We can sing about a good, good Father. We can sing those songs. But there's something else about actually realizing what we're singing actually the truth that goes deeper than singing songs. I I grew up in a church and we sang uh, His Eye is on the Sparrow, you know, back in the day, old school song. And isn't that awesome? God's eye is on the sparrow, so He watches over me. And it's one thing to sing that song, but it's another thing to actually believe it. See, we either worship a blind father we live for a blind father, or we live for a father that actually sees us. And if he sees where we're at, if he sees where we're really at, it changes everything. This changes everything. If we get this, it changes everything. See, God sees right where you are. We know that. You know, we, we study about God. God's, he's omnipotent. You know, he's everywhere. He knows, he knows that. But do we actually believe he sees it? See, it's one thing to know, okay, God sees everything great, but do we actually believe it? Do you believe it in your life, in the everyday, that God sees everything you're going through? God sees it, because if that happens, I believe it changes a few things, and, and three things I want to share tonight. Number one, it changes our identity. It changes our identity. See, there's a huge difference between being an employee and being a son or a daughter, See, an employee is a tra- trans- transactional relationship, and, and it's, you know, you produce, you perform, you're in. You'll move up the corporate ladder. If you don't produce, if you don't show up to work on time, if you don't do this and you don't do that, what happens as Donald Trump says, you're fired. And then he says, I still don't know where Barack Obama was born or something, you know, if you're following politics. Um, <laughs> but. There's a transactional relationship, but your compensation is actually directly connected to what you do. But that's different than being a son or a daughter. It's, it's very different. See your family when you're a son or daughter. Your place is not dependent on performance. You're, we're not human doings, we're human beings. See, we're called to be who God's called us to be, not, not do. And our identity can so easily be wrapped up in what we do. Praise and criticism is where we can place our weight. You know, we believe the lie that if we work hard, perform well, people will love us. And we bring that into God. We bring that into the church. We bring that into a relationship with God the Father. And we say, we've got to work hard so God will love us. If I do this and I do that, then God will love me more. And we're trying to earn His approval when in reality we already have His approval. See, to feel better, we work harder because we, we don't know our Father. We're insecure in our relationship. But, but tonight, I really believe He wants to solidify our identity in Him. See, Jesus, before He did any ministry, before He cast out any demons, before He prayed over any sick people, before He did anything uh, that, we, that we read about, no sermons, no anything, a voice from God the Father said, This is my Son, whom I love Him, I am well pleased. It wasn't directional, it wasn't instructional, but it was relational. Yeah. This is my son. I'm well pleased. Before he does anything, I'm well pleased. Yeah. See, we are each sons and daughters. First John says, see how very much our heavenly Father loves us, for he has c- called us to be his children, and we really are. Galatians, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. Come on, this is good news. Everything he has belongs to you because you're a son, you're a daughter. Maybe you didn't have a great relationship with your earthly father. And this so many times can actually impact our view of God the Father. God wants to heal that tonight. God wants to set it straight tonight. God wants to to come because there's a God who sees right where you're at. See, Luke 15, you know, it's a story of the prodigal son. And if you've grown up in church, you've heard this sermon before, you've heard stories about the prodigal. And and the father has two sons. And um, one wants his share of the estate. And the Bible says that he goes off and lives a wild life. And I find it funny because the word wild life doesn't seem to like, you know, it must have been really wild, you know. Thou with wildest lifeth, you know, or whatever. It's just, it just seems so weird to say wild life. Like that must have been, he must have partied hard. And he blew all his cash, like all the money's gone. He, he, and what happens in the story is that he, he, he says, if I can only go back to my father. And, you know, my father, I'll no longer be worthy to be called a son, but, you know, he's got slaves, and maybe I could be a hired man for my father. Surely my father will, will hire me as a slave. And he goes, and in the story goes, the father sees him and runs. The father gives him a ring and, and sandals symbolizing his authority and sonship. He kills a calf and says, we're going to party. And here this son comes home, but he actually isn't really home, because he really doesn't understand what it means to be a son. See, he, he really didn't get the aspect because he says, I'm not worthy, as if something he did in the first place earned his sonship. <laughs> I'm not worthy. Well, you weren't worthy like you're a son, period. You didn't earn it. You're, you're, you're your dad's son. Like, you didn't earn it. And the other brother in the story, he, he's the older brother. He stayed home. He worked hard. And He's at home, but he's not really at home either because he doesn't get what sonship is either. He says, I've been slaving away. Well, my other brother's been partying. And he's jealous because he has an insecure relationship. He he has an insecure view of sonship. He doesn't get what it is to be a son. See, there's two sons, and they're both not home. They both don't understand what sonship is. See, this is huge, and we need to know that no matter, you know no matter each, we are sons and daughters. Whatever generation you're in tonight, whether you're an older generation or a younger generation, we need to have this revelation. And we can, can't be fathers and mothers that God's called some of us to be unless we are good sons and daughters. Yeah. See, we can carry this our whole lives. I was speaking at a camp in the summer, and you know, a lady, I would say she was over 80, stood up and responded to a very similar call about, I don't know what it means to be a daughter. Her whole life, she didn't know what it means to be home, to be, to be just a daughter, to just to be loved by the Father God. And, and I know people much older who struggle their whole life with insecurity, with things that they're running, like Hagar running, and they don't know where they're going, and they don't know why, and they're trying to prove it. Striving. But God, tonight, if we get this, it can change everything. It can change your outlook. It can change your outlook in relationships. It changes everything. See, if we ever arrive, there's a really good chance you're trying to be defined by it. See, God asked Hagar, where did you come from and where are you going? You haven't arrived. You're going somewhere. See, we're all on this journey to Noah's heart. The Father invites us to go deeper into his heart tonight and encounter with the Father heart of God. In the story of Jacob, another story in the Bible, Jacob has a blind father. And his father cannot see him. He cannot see where he is or tell his brother apart. And I've read that story many times, but I wonder the feeling that he must have thought. Here my dad can't even, my dad doesn't even know which brother I am. He doesn't know which son I am. He can't see me. And, and I remember that the feeling that he must have had, you know. And he ends up giving his blessing to the wrong son, to Jacob instead of Esau. And Jacob then is scared for his life and he runs for his life just like Hagar run, ran for her life. And and the story says he is a father who does not see right where he is, and so he doesn't know what to do, and he's scared, so he puts his head on a rock. And the Bible says God the Father comes and calls out his identity, his plan, his purpose. That Jacob said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I was not aware of it. And then he goes to a place called Peniel, and it says that he wrestled with man, and says, I saw God face to face, and yet my life was spared. He then is called Israel. Not only learns to be a son, but he also becomes a father, a father of twelve tribes that change things. And and we, we either see we either follow a blind father. We all we all, we follow a father who doesn't see who we are, or we follow a father that God that sees. See a God that sees right where we at. And if we do that, it actually changes our identity. We need to operate from who we are and not what we do. See, David got it right. David was in the wilderness and then he was in the castle and then he was back into the wilderness and he said, what I am is about loving the Father and I can do that everywhere. I'm content wherever I am because what I'm about is loving the Father and I can love the Father in the wilderness, I can love Him in the castle. and When I'm back into the wilderness, I can love Him. See, He knew what it meant to be a son. See, performance is all around us. And I believe God is saying there are people in this room tonight that he wants to reveal the heart of God to in a new way. See, your whole life you've struggled. You've tried success. You've tried to compensate this whole of being accepted by God or trying to earn it, becoming an employee rather than a son. And tonight, God wants to ha- you to have that revelation. He's here in this place, and the Father wants to just reveal Himself as a a loving Father. See, it causes, if we don't know this, if we have insecurities, it causes challenges in relationships and marriages and work and everything else because our foundation has cracks in it. It's not firm. uh, You can go into relationships, and it's not going to work if you don't know who you are in Christ, if you're insecure. It's like building a house on a sandy rock. It's, it's, It's like, why would you build your house on a foundation that's cracked? And God wants us to have firm foundations. It's, it's about, you know, to be healthy before you can be healthy in a relationship or in your work or all the things of life. It changes our identity when we get this revelation. The second thing it does is it changes our posture. Changes our posture. I don't know about you, but I sometimes have bad posture. <laughs> Got to, like, straighten up. I don't know. When I work on the computer, I, like, it's like I'm, like, slouching shoulders and all that stuff. Like, there's something about our posture. And when I was young, um, I attended a church, Central Pentecostal Tabernacle. And it was in downtown Edmonton, and it was a big pyramid. And we held this thing called the Singing Christmas Tree. And um, it it happened, like, 12 performances. And then we would also feed the poor. And I remember being at about 10 years old. And um, they had security at the singing Christmas tree. And I thought security was pretty cool. And I was like the smallest 10-year-old you could ever find. I was short. I was scrawny. And for some reason, I got a, an old insurance. You know those little flaps you put your insurance in? And I made a, I made a card that said Constable Trav. <laughs> and I was Agent 979, if you're wondering. And so I would flash that thing around like a hundred times, but like, like, I mean, I was the smallest guy that like, if you sneezed, I would fall over. (laughs) Yet I had this card and I'm like, security, flash, constable Trav's here, you know? (laughs) And like older people knew about it. They called me constable Trav And, and, and it was like, it gave me like this like authority, you know? All of a sudden this little guy, I'm like constable Trav, you know? And it's like. I couldn't stop anyone. I was like not going to do any security. But I had this like new sense of like posture, new sense of like authority. And do you ever notice when someone is, is secure, they don't have to like prove it? They don't have to try. They don't have to flash their card. They just know who they are, and they can just walk into a room. And I, I had this friend one time, and I, I heard his stories, and he, he had the kind of longer hair. And what he would do is he would, he would slick back his hair, get it all wet, and I'm not saying to do this, but he would wear a suit, and he would go down to Northlands or to Rexall Place, and he would walk into the player's entrance down at security, and he would slick and he would just walk in like he owned the place. Like, he didn't stop and go, am I supposed to be here? No, no, no. He just walked in. And the poor security guard's not going to be the guy that wants to stop, like, a potential, like, NHL player because then he's going to get reamed out. So he just, like, let the guy go in. So he's got, like, all these autographs. He's in there. He's got, like, Wayne Gretzky's autograph. Like, I mean, this is back in the day. He's, like, been on tour buses of artists, like, because he just, like, pretends he knows what he's doing. He pretends that, like, he's the man. And he walks in and doesn't ask, you know, most times if you go, am I supposed to be here? You're probably not supposed to be there, you know? But he just—he walks like he's supposed to be there, and you're like, "Oh, you must be someone important. You must own the place, you know." And he just comes in, and and so, but it's funny how that can change our posture. See, our identity changes our posture. If we really believe there's a God who sees where we're at, we have nothing to prove. And when we know who we are, you don't have to arrive, but you can be here. I'm here to contribute. It changes everything. See, when we know our identity, it changes our posture. See, what I believe in God is not dependent on what goes on around me, but what happens inside me if I know my identity. I'm secure. I'm not like a leaf in the wind. I'm not like a wave on the ocean. I'm not double-minded, but I know who I am in Christ. I know my God. I know who I am. And now my posture is different. See, we can be reactionary if we don't know our identity. We, we can be reactionary. We can have feelings that can dictate. But many times, they'll dictate if we don't know our identity. People compromise what they feel to be true to feel good about what they do. See, we go off what feels right instead of what is right. We change the word so it fits what we want to do because it feels right because we really don't know our identity and we're insecure in who we are with God the Father so we can change things. We See, we need to make non-negotiables based on values and principles of our identity. Things, things that don't change when we get into situations that are tough. No, this is who I am, this is who my God is, and this is where I'm standing. You know, if you ever meet people at circumstances, are, oh, well, I just happened upon, I just got into drugs, I just, it just was there, and you know what? I've never been offered drugs, because I don't go where drugs are offered. <laughs> like, that's just not what I'm going to do. So it's like, if your circumstances dictate your life, you need to make a plan and a change and know your identity in Him. It's it's a heart thing. It's an internal thing. You need to find out who you are and where you want to go. See, we don't try to show Him, tell Him, work ourselves into a lather. There's no competition when there's a God who sees right where I'm at. It changes everything. He sees right where you are. You can love your enemy when you believe there's a God who sees right where you are because you have nothing to prove. You can forgive those that have hurt you because it's not about you. You know where you are in Christ. You don't have to be like the little kid in school that wants attention because you know who you are. But too many times you go through life raising our hand and speaking really loud so everyone can see us. But that's not living out of our identity. That's trying to prove something. That's trying to earn something. You already have it. You're a son, you're a daughter. We're all sons, we're all daughters. And it's time that we walk it out. See, it changes our posture. We can love. We, anxiety and worry aren't there. Uh, sickness has to leave because we're operating from the Father. Tonight, God wants to heal even bodies, minds, soul. He wants to heal because there's an operating out of the heart of the Father. You know, pressure to read the Bible, to pray, to fast, to serve, witness. You know, we come to church and it's like, okay, we got, we got, to, got, to, got to read the Bible. Oh, I got to read. Oh, I didn't read today. I got. Oh, I gotta, gotta, I gotta got do something. I gotta fast. I gotta fast. That's what I gotta do. And each of these things are incredible things. Don't get me wrong; they're awesome. They're spiritual principles. It's amazing to get to know God. But sometimes we do them out of religion. We do them out of, uh, out of rules, out of do's and don'ts, and out of relationship. See, if I want a relationship with, with Cody, I'm going I'm to want to talk to him. I'm going to want to spend time with him. He's going to want to talk to me. There's going to be a friendship that's formed because we spend time. We, we, it's, it's things that I want to do it. It's not, oh, I got to do it. I have to talk to Cody. I've got to do this. Oh, and it's just like, then that's not a friendship. That's not a relationship. That's rules, and I'm out. Like, I don't want to live like that. But so many times we bring it in the church and we treat God like that. Oh, I got to live out of this. I got to do this. See, when we have an encounter with God, it changes everything. And Jacob got a limp when he had an encounter. His name changed, actually. He had a different posture. Hagar actually pulled a U-turn that day. She was going one way. The Lord showed up, and she goes back to camp. She goes back to where she had come from, back to where she was even being treated improperly. She, she goes back. Her direction changed that day. Her posture changed. Her position changed. See, there's a God who saw right where she was at. You know, witnessing witnessing, four spiritual laws, Uh, apologetics. I think they're all awesome. It's great to know the Bible and stuff, and it's great to know what we believe, and it's great to know how to witness and all of that. I believe in that. But I've never had success arguing someone into Jesus. I've just never had success at it. When I read the Bible in Acts 2, uh, the Holy Spirit showed up, people experienced God, and Peter, what did Peter do? He didn't have to argue someone into God. 3,000 people are there and he pointed. He just pointed. He said, this is that. And the people, he didn't have to, he didn't have to twist their arm. They said, what must we do to be saved? Like, what must we do? They were asking him. See, because it's pointing. And sometimes, you know, um, we've got to get out of the way trying to save someone. Sometimes, you know, I can't save someone, God does. Sometimes we just need to start the conversation so God can finish it. It's not that hard. It's just the point. Why am I happy today? Because God's in my life. Like, it could be simple, but it can start a conversation with someone that can change their course of history. See, we no longer need to perform, strive, but can rest in the Father. See, our prayer life can be about performance. It can be trying to jump through various hoops. God, I'll talk to you this way so you can hear me and, you know, I'm going to talk this way and that and, and, and all this stuff. And it's like we want to make something happen. See, God sees right where you are. He sees your heart. He sees you. You're a son. You're a daughter. And you can just come and rest in that. See, ministry is not about what you do. It's about who you are. Each one of us in this room whatever we do, whatever profession we're in, we're all called to be ministers. It's not just people on a stage. It's not just, it's not preachers. It, everyone is called to tell people of the good news. Promotion is from God, you know, as I was preparing, from promotion is from God. You know, moving up the ladder of success in the world around us, maybe at your job, you know, it's, it's really, it changes when you know your identity in Him. You're no longer, yeah, we're all in a rat race. We're all in everyone else, the competition and all of that. But when you know who you are, your perspective changes. Because in the rat race we live in, it'll spit you out if you don't perform. If you don't do this, you don't do that. But there, there's a constant in your life if you know your father. I know who I am. When, when people make fun of me, when people bully, me, when people say things, I know who I am. I know my identity in him. It's painful. It may hurt, but you know who you are. It changes your posture. You know, I, I I'm, I'm, uh, remember a story that I was told, um, you might know of uh, Nathan Edwardson. He was here in June and just uh, from Reading, uh, pastors in Alliance Church in Reading, and this summer uh, a few of us got an opportunity to go and, and hang out with him, and, and I, I got to minister in his church, and we just had just a beautiful time together, and he sends his hellos, and, and, um, I remember him sharing the story in June, but how his great-grandfather was in Norway. And he was in Norway on a dock one day, and a Salvation Army lady said, Do you know Jesus? And do you want to know Jesus? And he says, No, I don't want to know Jesus. Thank you very much. <laughs> he went to his room that night, days before he was going to get on a boat and come to Canada and end up in Edmonton. And the Lord came into his room, and he just knew he had to give his heart to Christ. That Salvation Army lady never knew the impact she had from asking him a question. Never knew it. He he gave his heart to Christ, got on a boat, came to Edmonton in about 1920s and started a mission called Hope Mission that today is feeding thousands of people. It's like a $15 million uh, ministry a year in Edmonton, impacting lives. But that Salvation Army lady never knew the impact she had. She never knew the conversation she started that God finished. And so many times we, we evaluate our, our, our failures and our successes and what we see in front of us. But when we know our identity, we know our posture, we can just rest in Him. He, he's going to save people. He's going to do His work. We just have to be good pointers. We just have to point to what He's doing. It's a posture change. See, I think God wants us to be really, really great sons and daughters and just to love Him really well. See, it changes when we let God and we give it to God. To create something new, you've got to give up of the old. And it's a posture change. <sniffs> Everything you hear from resurgence, you need to base it on your new identity as a son and daughter. See, it takes the pressure. We are made to carry it off. Every message you ever hear from resurgence, you need to, you need to be a son and daughter and receive it. Not, not okay, now i got to do this. No, no, no. I'm a son. I can rest. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Daddy. <laughs> Maybe you're a student in Vanguard, and it's, we, we, we live in a performance mindset, and I get that. You have to work hard. You have to work at work, at school, in all areas. We get that. But it's something different when there's a constant in your heart. When you know who you are, it changes everything. It changes that outlook, that posture that's like, okay, I know who I am. I don't have to prove it. In social settings, I don't have to prove it. In relationships, I don't have to prove it. The third thing is, it brings us to an encounter with him, to know him. And in verse 13, she gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her You are the God who sees me, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Hagar encountered God when she was mistreated and felt like no one saw her. She was on a run. There's a God who sees. There's a God who sees. When we know our identity, our posture changes, but it also, we can receive what he wants to do. It leads us to an encounter. Jacob encountered God when he had discovered who he was and postured himself to lay on a rock. He stopped running. He stopped striving. He he had a blessing, but he had a blind father, a father who couldn't see who he was. He ran into a wilderness, but God the Father showed up and revealed himself, and he encountered God. Jacob saw God face to face, the Bible says. Moses was asking for the presence of God to go with him. And God, I'm not going on without you. Actually, the the word that is in Hebrew that Hagar said she saw God is is a very similar word they say to what Moses said, I want to see you God and he saw God face to face. He he had this encounter with God. God, show me your glory. See, Moses had a history with God. Moses was in the right posture with God. He knew his identity and he knew anything he wanted to do would have to be with God coming with him. His frustration made him ask big things of God. He said, God, show me your glory. God said, I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you. See, there's a God who sees right where you're at, and if you really believe that, it leads us to an encounter. Karis and the team, if you guys could come. And um, my my grandmother um, and grandparents came from Poland in the 19 I think 1930s. They they came over uh, from Poland, and they um, and I've told this story before, but let's tell it again tonight. And they came over and they ended up in uh, homesteading a place in Vilna, Alberta. And my grandparents, they had seven kids, and, and they had, um, my grandmother was 40 years old, and she was sick, and they didn't know what to do. And, and my grandparents are good Catholics, making moonshine, you know, everything that a good Polish Catholic would do. And um, so my grandmother's sick, and she's in bed. She takes a train to Edmonton, and the doctors say, we don't know what to do, but you should call the priest and have the last rites given to her. And... So my grandfather just doesn't know what to do, and he's talking to a neighbor, and the neighbor says, "You know what? It's it's not good to raise a family uh, by yourself." And he's like, "You think? You know? Like, it's, there's there's an evangelist that's come to town at the Pentecostal church. You should go and see, and maybe he could pray for your wife." And so my grandfather goes. My grandmother was laid out in bed, couldn't get up, couldn't she couldn't go. So my grandfather goes. The evangelist prayed for my grandmother, and when my grandfather came home. My grandmother was sitting up in bed, brushing the hair of her daughter, completely healed. She went on to live another, I think, 57 years of her life, and, and, and mainly sickness-free. And, and, and there was something where God saw right where she was at. God saw her. The evangelist wasn't in her house, or was, but God knew exactly where she was at. God knew what was going on in her body, and there's a God who sees. There's a God who sees what's going on. And um, we were just recently in Fort St. John, a crew of us, and we were, we were at a camp, and, and um, I want to share a testimony because we were talking about the Father and, and how there's a God who sees. And, and, and one of the guys sent me this, and, and he says, I can't tell you how much it meant for you to come and talk with me the other night. The interesting thing is I didn't feel like there was anything that happened to me this weekend at the camp until last night. My brother and I were at my apartment, and I don't know how to explain it, but for the very first time I was able to identify the pain I've felt my whole life. And God moved in my heart. And I don't feel hurt anymore. For the first time in my life, I don't want the addictions. For the first time in my life, I feel free. I've been told my whole life that I won't ever amount to anything because I'm not good enough. But I think I understand what it really means to be a son. I don't have to try anymore to get right with God and be this Christian with his life altogether. And I don't need someone else to tell me I'm worthy. I just need to let him take over. I want you to know what that God did use you to speak to my heart over the whole weekend because of your obedience I was able to find forgiveness for everyone who's ever spoke lies over me or abandoned me. I learned that having an encounter with God doesn't just change how you see yourself and how you see God, it actually changes how you see others. My wife who broke my trust and hurt me so deeply, she's a daughter and I can finally start to really treat her like who she really is in Christ. And the revelation has changed everything. So thank you for your obedience. Please don't hesitate to share this story with anyone and everyone. See, there's a God who sees. And in and, and this year we've, we've talked, uh, the slide said, we are resurgence. And if you've seen our video, and we just really felt this phrase, we are resurgence. And what does that actually mean? It means knowing our identity. Knowing our identity, resurgence is this movement, and we're calling forth dry bones. And God, God birthed this movement when you're here tonight uh, in 2008, and the whole premise was Ezekiel speaking to a valley of dry bones to speak life. And we believe that there's a call. We're a bridge to churches that may never have a, a, a grip of the Spirit of God and what the Spirit can do. And so God has sent us on this journey. We believe it's Edmonton, but we believe it's actually beyond Edmonton. It's Alberta. It's Canada. Can a nation be saved? Yes, it can. Can other nations be saved? We know it. There's all this thing. The vision's huge, all this stuff, but we know who we are, and it changes our posture. Because resurgence isn't mine, it isn't the lead team's, it isn't this community's, it's God's. God birthed it, God figures it out, God finances it, God protects it, God watches over it, God speaks to his vision, and then God sees it come to fulfillment. And I actually don't know where it's going to go. I can't tell you as a leader of this that I know where it's going to go because I don't want to put a limit on what God wants to do. I have no idea. And so many days I'm just like, I wish there was a book I could read that could tell me what to do, God. I want to know. But that's that's the journey we're on. It's God's. And I'm just incredibly privileged to be a part of it. We're all incredibly privileged to just, God, how, how, can you, how can I help? How can I steward what you're doing? There's words, there's callings, there's relationships. Everything that God opens is because God's opening, not because I can make something happen. I don't want that. I don't want to make something happen. And each of us, we should have a desire in our lives. We can't make it happen. The things we make happen, they don't succeed very well. Honestly, it's the things that we let go and give it to God. God, it's yours. You know, resurgence, we're not a factory. We've said this, you know, like come volunteer. It's like we want to, someone says the other day, they go, hey, I want to volunteer. What do you need? And I'm like, well, what's in your heart? And what's God put in your heart? Because God's speaking to people. And if he's put something in your heart and you're asking me, you probably have something already that he spoke. So how do we figure that out and fit you in? We're not a factory trying to like produce widgets and like, let's, let's okay, we need greeters so you can greet. No, like what's your passion and what God's called you to be? What's your identity in Him and how does that change your posture and how do we see an encounter with God? And at a lead team meeting about three weeks ago, we were just talking to a whole bunch of leaders of resurgence and we just said, you know what, everything resurgence does has to be about an encounter. That's, that's what defines it. Community event, everything we do, prayer meetings, people have to come and encounter God, period. If we're we're not drawing people to an encounter with God, we're missing it. Everything, these nights have to be about God. We want to encounter you. We want to encounter, there's a hunger for more of Him. I want to encounter Him in this city. I want to encounter Him in this nation. We need God more than ever in Canada. It leads us to an encounter. See, there's a God who sees. And uh, as we close tonight, I just feel that God wants to encounter each person tonight. And um, I-, I felt some words that I've written down. I'm going to call a few out. But I just, I feel like, um, if we just close our eyes and bow our heads. and <sighs> Yeah. If you're here tonight, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He wants to come and be the Lord of your life, the Father of your life, to come in right now and, and make His home in your heart in such a beautiful way. He invites you, you know. As much as He comes in, He also he invites us into His heart. That's the beautiful thing about God. We're invited to just come into the Father, to come to know him and so if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior then I want to invite you to, to make that decision tonight if that's you in this place maybe you need to come back to him maybe it's been a long time maybe it's been years and you're just like no I, I I'm, I need to recommit my life tonight to him I just I want you to just slip up a hand if that's you and we're going to pray in a moment and I'm just going to look from one side to the other yep See that hand? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyone else? Just wait. I just want us to uh, all pray this prayer. Jesus, I thank you that you're here. And I just invite you into my life tonight. To have a home in my heart tonight. Forgive me of my sin. I commit my life to you tonight. To be the Lord of my life. I let go of me and let you, God, take over. I thank you that you've died for me. I thank you that you forgive my sins. And you give me a new life so i receive that tonight in jesus name amen if you prayed that prayer recommitted i we're going to have in a few moments we're going to have a prayer team uh over on probably on this side so if that's you just come we want to pray for you we want to make sure you're in a in a church and just just to connect with you and um we really love that if that's you um tonight but i felt some words just um there's some people here tonight that you've been hurt by your earthly father and that has stopped you from receiving the love of God the Father. And if it's just eyes closed again, head bowed, if if that's you tonight, you go, you know, my earthly father, there's some things that have happened, things, my growing up, whatever. And you're like... That has affected me and, and I, I want I want to get rid of that today. I wanna to, I wanna know who God the Father is really and not my view because of my earthly father, but I wanna really know. If that's you, I just want you to stand up. If that's you, I just want you to stand up. If you're just like, yeah, no, I I just yeah. also felt there's some people that relationships that um, you don't know your identity in him and there's been breakup after breakup or even marriage things that going on and it's always some reason but the real reason is you aren't secure as a son or daughter and as I was speaking tonight you know that 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 you're like that you know the shoe fits like there's something that's a common denominator and I think it's my security in him if that's you just stand too Let's just stand if that's you. See, to actually believe God sees right where you are, one comes to terms with vulnerability. It's it's allowing yourself to be seen, really seen. He already sees you, but we so often play this game. <laughs> oh, I don't think God can really see what's going on. He sees it already. I also felt, too, there's... Um, busy striving that you keep a schedule so busy there's a few people here that you have kept your schedule so busy you're always doing something and it's just hard to rest but it's actually it's masking the loneliness rejection and and things we have masks and mechanisms to cope and this mechanism is what you're using because you actually don't want to face yourself and there's like a self-worth thing and it's about like you actually value that God, you are a good and perfect gift that comes from God. And there's like a self-worth because he already says, well done, faithful servant. I'm pleased with you. I love you. And But you have not come to grips with that. And if that's you, just stand. It's like there's a busyness that's trying to mask the actually the pain in the heart. And God just wants to heal you of that tonight. See, God sees where you are. He sees the actions. God wants to meet you in that frustration. You may just be like, I'm just frustrated. But that's God uses that frustration to draw us. And, um, yeah. There's also, tonight, people, you've kept things inside, trying harder, you're not good enough, your mistakes of the past have limited you, and there's walls that you need to come down of performance. And if that's just you and you feel like, it's like, yeah, you know what? There's just, it's performance. I, I'm living the world system in the kingdom of God and that's not right. I, I'm trying to earn a ladder and trying to get closer to God when I'm already a son and I'm already loved. If that's you, just stand. I felt something else as I was reading for this sermon. I um, was reading a commentary and, and I just want to read um the commentary said this, and your number one need in time of a trial is to submit to God, humble yourself under His mighty hand. He is in control of the circumstances. He cares for you. Don't doubt His love. There are lessons which our rebellious nature cannot learn except by submitting to God in trials, even when we're being treated wrongly or unfairly. See in the story of Hagar, she was being Hagar, she was being un, you know mistreated. And it led her to the wilderness, she was running from God, and it says this, Some people never grow in the Lord because they have a habit of running from difficult situations where He has put them in for their training. They had problems with their parents as teenagers, so they rebelled. They get get a job and have problems, so they quit. They get married and have conflicts, so they walk away from it. They seek counseling, but they don't like what the counselor tells them, so they either quit or either look for another counselor who agrees with what they think. They join a church but can't get along with the people or don't like something, so they find another church. But guess what? They discover that the new church has the same problems. At some point, they need to realize that they're carrying their own baggage with them. As Pogo said, we have met the enemy and he is us. The problem is they've never learned to submit to God and allow Him to use the authority structures He has ordained to sandpaper off their rough edges. God sees our need and our affliction to submit to Him in the difficult situations where He has sovereignly placed us. See, there's something about that. I don't think it's an accident that a young adult culture is is going from church to church like never before. I don't think it's an accident that young people are leaving the church at their young adult stage like never before. I don't think it's an accident that that marriages are falling apart, divorces are happening like never before. I I think it's because that we don't know God the Father, we don't know our identity, and we're running. And we want to we hear, like I can, I can get a book to, to line up with what I'm, you can just find books or people to line up with what I want to hear. You can. You, you can you not believe the Bible and you can go find a lot of books that talk about the, the things you believe and they can affirm what you think. And, and we can go to all those other sources, but, but God calls us to Him and to know Him. And there's something about being planted. There's something about about saying, "Know what? I'm running, and I'm gonna pull a Yui like Hagar and go back, even though it sucks, even though it's tough." But God used that. Yeah, yeah. There's um, uh, I think it's. I didn't know it was Jer- Jeremy. Is that? Vac- vacay times, uh, I felt like in worship, I actually didn't know it was you and I, and I don't know you well, but I felt like something fresh is God is doing in and through you. And there's a hunger that has brought you into a new season and I feel like the Lord is going to shift things even more and I feel like you've come through a character building season. You've come through a season that's been tough and it's actually been it's been purifying and bringing to go- the gold to the surface. And a diamond is made in those tough, those pressure areas. And I feel that to confirm Firm to you that God is doing something that, that he has a plan for you and it's bigger than what you think and he knows what he's doing and, and it's like I just I hear that like Jesus has the wheel you know and it's a cheesy song but Jesus has the wheel of your life and he's like guiding you and you hear God and there's like bright things coming ahead because there's a hunger inside of you that has that birthed this season and because you you, you I, I feel like there's been a season that you've kind of run from even that like the authority thing I talk but in this season, God has brought you back, and you're like, "No, I, I'm submitting, and I'm like, I'm gonna go for it." And I just honor you for that. And God, we just speak a fresh, fresh season for Jeremy in Jesus' name. Yeah. So if you if you want to just encounter the Father tonight, I believe He wants to come and encounter every person. I just want to invite you to come uh, among the altar, and I want you to just lay out before Him. That's a bit different, but it's like it's a sign of changing our posture because so many times we kneel at an altar, but I want you to just come and lay out before him. And I want you to start to speak to the Father and allow him to come. And, and in a moment, we're going to lead some other stuff. But if that's you, if you're standing, or if you're just sitting and you, you're just like, I just want to encounter the Father tonight. I want to know my identity in the Father. I just, I'm going to invite you. God's, God's healing stuff all over this place. I believe he wants to like heal bodies as we as we know who the Father is. It'll just happen. I was at a camp about seven years ago, and a a lady comes and says, "Uh, I cannot forgive somebody in my life. And she had sickness in her body, and I said, I think there's unforgiveness. And she goes, my dad, my dad left me, and he committed suicide, and I cannot forgive him. And I said, you know, I'm sorry, I got bad news for you. I'll pray for healing, but I don't think it's going to, I don't think God's going to heal you. I think he wants to heal your heart first, and you need to forgive your dad, and she says, well, that's impossible, not going to happen, see you later, and she she left that camp meeting, three days later, she comes to the altar, and she's crying, and she says, I'm ready, and I knew what she was talking about, and she says, I'm going to forgive my dad for leaving, and, and, and walking out on us as a family, and she, as she forgave her dad, joy and tears, all that was happening, I said, how's your back? How's all your, how's the pain? She says, oh, it's gone. It's gone. The Father healed. So if that's you, just come. Just come. We're in open cares. If you could lead us in a moment, we'll just kind of go into the next part. But if that's you, just come across this altar and experience just the, the fathers here. i wow. we just, uh, we just receive right now a revelation of a God who sees us. God really sees us. We believe it tonight. And Father, I just ask right now a revelation of the Father to come in this place on every person. A revelation of our identity. A revelation of sonship and daughtership that we are all sons and daughters. So right now, Lord, everything that is in this place that is a, uh, a mindset that is not of you that is that is an employee based a transactional based we got to earn it or, or or try to work up we just we command that to leave now and we just speak just the the resting of the father's love in this place from the front to the back from the left to the right that uh, we just rest in you right now striving leave now performance leave now you have no place we just speak right now just the peace to come on every heart that the love of father would come and heal every heart every foundation of our heart that would be sandy or have cracks in it and oh God the father we just invite you we thank you that you're here and we just receive that Yeah, 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 right now just, just breathe in, just like a, just breathe in the love of the Father is here, it's a deep love, it's just, it's more than you can imagine, it's more than you can fathom, the love of God is here. It's not judgment, it's not condemning, it's it's love and it's here and it's speaking to every part of your being. You're made to just experience that love. <sighs> yeah, we just receive it. Yeah, we just receive it. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Yeah. God, we just that you to reveal yourself as a father in each person here tonight. And as you're as you're just worshiping or standing there or laying, I just want you to just concentrate on the Father. I want you to just receive it. Again, it's not we're not to have to earn it, so you don't have to like justify or anything. You can just receive it. Sometimes we have a tough time receiving. We like to give because we know when we can give, how much we give, control. But to receive, it's a lot harder because it's like, I don't know what to do. Right now, God just wants us to receive it. Yeah, 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 just receive it, just receive it. Such a deep work that's happening right now across this place. We just receive it. We lay everything else down, God. We just let go and let you. (laughs) Thank you, Daddy. Father, for every mindset that has from our earthly fathers or anything that, that we think of you and, and we've put you in this box of what you're like and it's not, it's wrong, we just break it right now. We just give it to you, we surrender it to you and we say, come and show us what it is to be sons and daughters. Just to sit on your lap, to sit in your heart and just to, just to receive. Right now, God's healing things. He's healing p- bodies. He's healing even broken mindsets. He's, he's just whatever. It's happening right now because you're in his heart. There's levels of his heart that you can experience. You can go deeper in the heart of God to just know his love for you. I just want you to now just kind of ask him, Father, what, what, do you, what would you say over me tonight? What, what would you say over me? And, and as you, you ask God, I, I want you to just speak out the word, and even kind of loud, to speak it out what you hear the Father saying over you tonight. And it's going to come really quick to people. Some of you have not maybe heard God's voice in a long time, and even tonight, you're going to hear God's voice for the first time in a long time, and there's a word that's going to come on your heart. Just say it out. We're just going to wait. God what would you say over me tonight Father what are you saying over me Daddy what do you say I am come on What else? Yeah. And in this place and in this encounter, fear has no place. So some of you that have a word, speak it out, because fear has no place anymore. Because when you're sitting with the Father, you don't have to be afraid of what people think or don't think.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. yeah 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 come on yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, it's just beautiful all across this place. God's speaking, speaking truth, he's a good father. God, we pray for each person in this room, God, just the filling of the Holy Spirit, God, in this foundation that God is just as we're sons and daughters, we just, we just come before you, Daddy, and we, just, we ask for you for a fresh touch, fresh touch of your Holy Spirit fresh touch of you that only you can do, a fresh encounter that only you can do, a a Moses moment, that encounter where it's like face-to-face, God. We just ask right now for you to just reveal yourself in a new and a fresh way to each person here. Holy Spirit, just come and fill. Release yourself in such a new way in every soul, in every heart, in every mind. Oh Lord, we just invite you, Holy Spirit, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the atmosphere, yeah, yeah, just a fresh anointing and fresh touch of God, only you can do where we're dry and we're thirsty, God, oh, I just want to encounter you. just uh, uh you in the white and uh i just i just god just god's just on you tonight and i feel like he just wants to just like just the love of god just to affirm to you that god loves you so much that god loves you god knows what you've been through god knows the stuff and the struggle and everything and he's just he's with you and are you guys are you guys married are you guys yeah i just feel like god's just this is a new season for you and I feel like you've been through some stuff and I feel like God knows God knows what you've been through. He does and sometimes we don't realize that but he knows and I just I just wanna I, just as we're worshiping, I just can't shake it just looking at you both of you and just like, it's gonna be good. It's going to work out god is with you god's going to take you through this you've been through some stuff and i feel like even there's a there's such a softness in you that that god is developing in this season and i feel like it's like he's healing some things of some like things that just you've been through and i feel like it's good and it's going to be so good and you just there's so much more ahead and we just god we just pray a blessing over them as a couple we just pray your your uh that they would just both be on the same page experience you together like a stereo left and right not one experiencing and the other trying to pull the other along or any of that but just this no more push and pull we just a unity together we thank you that you called them you watch over them you know what they've been through you've been there in the storms of life and we just speak a peace right now and we speak your provision and your breakthrough and everything god we just thank you dad you're a good father and you just love them and it's just the father's love is on them tonight and it's just shining through tonight and we just speak the father's love over their relationship over over everything they put their hands to In Jesus name yeah yeah and uh, I just I really feel um, I'm going to think I think it's is it Ro- Rob Rob I just man God's just like there's a season where it's like, I don't know, it's a weird picture, but I feel like like a, like a flower's coming through the ground, and it's blooming, and you were meant to bloom, and there's some stuff you've been through, and it's been like, it's been a lot of dirt, and I feel like this is a season where God is like bringing life into some areas that have been kind of like barren, and just kind of like it's been hard, and I feel like God's like, it's a new thing, and you don't, and and part of you is trying to analyze it and figure it out, and maybe even, like, if you're like me, put it in a spreadsheet, um, or if you're like Aaron, but um, I don't know a lot about you, but I just, I feel like this is a new season for you, and it's like, God's just like, let go and let me, and it's like, he'll take care of it. He's like, you're like, I don't know, but it's just like God's doing something, and, and you know that inside, like, I know that you feel that, but I just feel like it's okay, it's okay. I feel like God's just saying, it's okay. And it's going to be good. And there's like, there's just going to be you and your wife are just, I think your marriage, right? You're going to be, you're going to be together. And I feel like there's like a unity of togetherness like you've never had before. And it's, and it's not because you're being pulled into this. It's because you're choosing and it's like, you're both going to like, I don't know. There's just like something that's happening. Uh, and it's it's really good. So we just, yeah, God, I just pray a blessing over uh, Rob and his wife. We just play more, God, a, a unity and a togetherness, and it's a good season, and we declare life and hope, and God, that they're going to be a couple that's actually going to help other couples. They're going to actually help others, because I feel like you feel like you can help. You feel like a bank account with nothing in it, a deficit, like you have no money to give. How can I help you? But in this season, God's going to fill your, your reservoir to be able to actually help. And there's such a compassion on you, Rob. I see it. There's a compassion to help people. And you're going to be able to help people in a new sense that you've never even experienced because the Spirit of God is going to move through you. And you're like, what? But it's like you're just going to know it. And it's God's working. And we just speak life and we speak hope and we speak peace over that couple. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. We just receive you. We just receive all that you're doing in this place. We just, we just receive. Hmm. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. If you're here tonight and you just feel like you're at a, a real decision point, and I feel like you either don't have a job or you're you're in this real like you're in a decision of life that's like I don't know what to do. I'm at a crossroads. I I just I need to, I just need to hear from God in whatever. And it's like you're just at a real. I just want you to stand. And it's just um, if that's you, I know it's probably a few people, but it's kind of a general word, but. Yeah, maybe just put your hand up because there's people standing and people, put your hand up. And Yeah, yeah. God, we just, we thank you. Father, you're a good father and you know the roads to take. And so we pray right now over these now words that need, God, of, of direction and breakthrough and, and whether it's a job, whether it's just like, God, what's next and do it. We just, we God, we just ask right now, Daddy, you would reveal yourself, the provider, God you revealed yourself as a God who sees but you're also El Shaddai you're, you're all these other names and I thank you you are the great I am and you reveal yourself so we just pray the provision we pray a breakthrough over over the journey and the process where it seems like it's been forever and we just pray a breakthrough now even this week a breakthrough in jobs a breakthrough in knowing what to do and we just we just pray right now provision um yeah we just thank you Lord we just Mike, your call is to fly, right? If I know correct, yeah. And we just, so we pray for a job. We pray for the right opportunity to fly and do what you've called him, God. We just speak to his dreams and we speak fly in Jesus' name. We just speak that there would be doors that would open for Mike. We just speak, God, for each person that's standing across this place. God, for... um,